This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, and welcome to the Full 90 Soccer Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league funded by overlaid graphics of sick brands, bro. It's MLS. We're your hosts from Mornings on 1077, and I'm Gregor, a regular radio host. Is that still a thing? And he's been in the locker room on the pitch and in the stats booth at Central Link Field. He is Brandon from the internet. Hello. Hey, do us hey. a quick solid. Click on through to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this garbage from. and Garbage. Give us a rating. Definitely five stars. Unless you actually think we're garbage and then... Garbage. How many stars did you give us, Greg? <laughs> oh, I'd give us five just because I want to I want to grow the show. Right. <laughs> Hashtag grow the show. Uh, <laughs> but primarily, leave us a comment. We just want to know your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player. You know, from player to... <laughs> player. Like uh, like Brandon forgot always forgets to fill in this one part. No, this, no, no, me too. Sheet. I didn't do it either. Yeah. From, how about, how about like? from, from Lidl Messi, uh, who is apparently a free agent, to Luis Suarez, who's best friends with Nico Ladero. This week, the second place Sounders FC take on the new Chivas LA Galaxy in a battle <laughs> for West Coast Fire Cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that, first of all, you just did LA Galaxy dirty. Yeah, dude. Have you seen they're in like seventieth place right now? Yeah, they uh, and, and somehow they they beat LAFC. So does that make LAFC? Does that make that like the Chivas Cup? Like the uh, whoever <laughs> whoever like in other you know how like in the Cascadia Cup, whoever is the winner gets the uh, the George, which is the Cascadia Cup trophy. What if uh, yeah. what if the the winner of the LA uh, Traffico or whatever they call it? Uh, sure. Just doesn't have to uh, wear the mantle of Chivas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fill this cup with boiling hot lava, and you have to dip your balls in it. <laughs> oh, I have a that story. Feels extreme. <laughs> I have- <laughs> How do you have a story? <laughs> How is that the thing you have a story that like you're like oh. Sh- putting my balls and something on fire let yeah. me tell you in other news yeah no it's uh it's the story so when, when when my wife and i were dating i was over at her apartment and um we were making tacos or something like that and, and she had a goblet full of fire yeah and so i put my balls in it um <laughs> no it's like uh, uh i we were making tacos and i was the one cutting the jalapenos and you know how like they say like you have to wash your hands after cutting jalapenos because like you, you just get the, yes. the acidy you know, whatever from the jalapenos on your fingers. Well, Brandon uh, finished the cutting the jalapenos and then went to the bathroom and touched his dingle. Uh, and then wait, 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 wait. His dingle, like a dingleberry. You touched your butthole no, or you touched your wiener? No, I touched my wiener. 
yeah. and uh, it started, hole first. It started, uh, yeah, <laughs> somehow. Uh, it started burning, uh, and um, so anyway, I started. Uh, I had I called for Catherine, my wife, to bring me. Um, I was thinking, like, what do you do when you eat something spicy and you need to like bring me some sour cream? No, I was like, basically, I was like, bring me a bowl of milk. <laughs> it's so. For like 15 minutes, I was planking with my junk dangling in a bowl of milk in her bathroom. <laughs> so does that make me Chivas? I don't know. <laughs> if anybody, bro. <laughs> it you. <laughs> that was like, I always think about like uh, in, in life now, I, I'll be like, you know, uh, walking my dogs with my wife and I'll be like, if you took a snapshot of this moment, like third person snapshot of this moment yeah. and you showed it to yourself like 15 years ago, like what would the, what would that, that version of yourself think of this moment? And I always think like, wow, I made it. I've got a wife. I've got dogs. I'm li- living life in Seattle. Great. And then I always, balls think, and some milk. And I always think of the other moments like that where you're like, ah, oh, not much has changed, huh? <laughs> I think about this a lot. I think it's called midlife crisis, but I think about it a lot where I'm like the version of me that I was when I was like 14 and I like wrote like a hundred songs and was like a good kid and didn't stay out late and didn't, you know, smoke dope or anything like that. Like I was just like a good kid before I understood how to be influenced by evil. Yeah. I think about how like terribly things have gone wrong since then. (laughs) Yes, there are some positives that are significant. Yeah. You know, like you got like uh, same thing. I have a wife and yeah. uh, and a child, and they're great most of the time. And um, you own a house, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that part's. I live in Snohomish, so also that part sucks. <laughs> but um, in Albuquerque, you would have been like, "What's a Snohomish?" Yeah, like why would you? So wait, it's like Rio Rancho, but in Washington. <laughs> well, that's stupid. Uh, yeah, it's um. So, but like I, I think about like. I became cynical and like dark and yeah. like just terrible and depressed and all these awful things where like look at some of my other family members, not directly in my own family, but like my cousins and stuff. And they're like, they got it together. Yeah. They're doing it right. And they're helping people and living the high life and being, I mean, they watch nothing but Fox news all day long, which is a problem, but still they're like beyond that good people. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Um, and I'm like, oh, what did I do wrong? And how do I get back to that track? And is that something you can get back to? Or do you have to just stop thinking about the bad stuff and concentrate on like the positives? I just don't know. I yeah, I don't. I feel like right now this is a very weird situation for me because you're like a reverse Wilson from uh, from that uh, from what's that show called? Uh, Home, <laughs> Home Improvement. Because like, like I feel like uh, so right now I'm looking at your webcam and all I can see is the lower half of your face and like on that show is all the upper half of the face of Wilson and he was giving he would always give like encouragement and wisdom and right now you're telling me like the world sucks and you're cynical <laughs> and like and so uh, is that better? Yeah, that's better. So now you can uh, twist all of this to a positive. <laughs> no, I I don't yeah, know, it- man. Like it's it's the world. Uh, I feel like as you get older, uh, the world corrupts you and you learn more about how terrible things are and how we're not necessarily inevitably like the the country and the world are not inevitably getting better and improving uh like you hope that so you was are. it always like that I was it always so. like that though yeah because my dad complained about you know how awful bill clinton was my whole life when i was a kid in my formative years and like yeah. he hated him and i'm sure the same thing about obama president yeah. obama only i'm sure it was like he's also black yeah. <laughs> um no, but I think but, uh, I, I think like as a as a species, we have like 
you would you would say improved or gotten better over time as a species but like maybe we've plateaued like maybe we've like in the last like century have just hit the point i mean but at the same time we say we've improved and stuff but we also as a species enslaved each other up until like 200 years ago or except except there are still people doing that now like there is still slavery in the world and like so like as a species we're not actually that evolved or great I think about it all the time that if you want to take the larger cross section of humanity now versus, you know, we're talking what, 20 generations ago, maybe? How long ago is that? Like, you know, you're talking just 500 years ago. Like, the world was, at least the Western world, was in darkness. Yeah. And we were like awful. And like, we roamed around in small groups and pillaged and raped each other. And then, like, all of a sudden, in the last like several generations, Things have turned around, and you we expect everybody to come out of that slump and be like cool, but like maybe that progress is perceived as being further along than it actually is based on the types of things you read in the news every day now it's I, I just now we're just awful with the internet like it's the same thing it's just now we have access to the internet, which has probably made us worse <laughs> right oh for sure, yeah, just like so we have like more wealth like each like the poorest person that can afford to put a roof over their head now is still richer than like the richest king back you know 200 years ago or whatever i'm generalizing obviously um there are still poor people and comparatively there are some awful situations i'm aware of that but like in terms of wealth per person it's way higher than it's ever been but at the same time i don't necessarily think that that translates into better culture so We'll we'll find out i mean we although we're doing our part We've made this podcast and made the internet that much different. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. We, we have we have certainly made the internet worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But That's let's good. we could talk about soccer, where the Fartland Timbers became the human version or the the soccer version of Brandon planking with his nuts sticking milk. <laughs> now, are they the milk? And you're the Sounders? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. the Sounders teabagged uh Portland yesterday. <laughs> is that is that what we're calling it? It's Timbers, so we say teabag. Is that there's yeah. something here. Let's yeah. keep working on yeah. that, okay? Yeah, we gotta workshop that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The how about that result, Brandon? How about that result? If I tweeted, if the Sounders wanted me to get excited about the third start to the MLS season, this is how you do it. Yeah, it it definitely wasn't the first one, and it definitely wasn't the MLS's crap tournament that got us excited. Yeah, Uh, There was like maybe two moments from that entire tournament where I was like, ah, the Sounders, they're all right. Uh, But last night, I mean, the first half, or not last night, I should say this was Sunday night that the Sounders uh, beat the Timbers uh, three to nothing. Uh, The first half, I was like, oh, crap. Like, uh, well, first of all, uh, Fartland won that dumb little tournament uh, down in Florida. Can we call a 3-0 defeat a teabagging? Can that be the official? <laughs> that's, that's what it is. There it is. So the Sounders uh, teabagged uh, Fartland on <laughs> on Sunday. I, I love this. Like we talk, we talk like this on the day that they just announced like this big social justice initiative that they're going to be. The Sounders launched a big social justice initiative that they're doing. But can good you, for them. Can I, you, I can you be really into social justice and teabag? Yes, I will say yes. Listen, the world is too black and white right now. There is nuance to everything, and if you can't 
uh, appreciate that, then we're never going to be able to have any dialogue. Okay, I won't okay. say if you're right or wrong or who anything is, but if you can't appreciate that we can make jokes about you putting your nuts into a bowl of milk <laughs> and then make that run through the course of a podcast, I don't know what to do. I, I, I'm lost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, for the record, it was just the tip. Like it, it really wasn't. It was. I, I didn't have to worry about the nuts that much. It was just. I, anyway, I yeah. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. One more thought. One more thought. I've <laughs> okay, got good. a uh, now three-year-old space yeah. baby just turned three, and um, I will ask him, "Hey, you're dancing around like you have to pee. Do you have to pee?" And he says, "No, my wiener is up." And so he's kind of like, you know, like trying to adjust or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, "What?" And then he'll like pull down his pants, and he will. You know, he he will reveal what he has told us, which is shocking at best, especially like when you're worried about it happening in public. Imagine your sweet mother having raised you, tiny boy, such a such a sweet little guy, making her giggle and laugh and smile. Her oldest, her firstborn, now telling a story about dipping his wiener in milk to make the burning stop. Not only a ridiculous (laughs) idea in premise, but also look how far we've sunk. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like uh, I, I recently told her a different story that is uh, equally, mm. if not more embarrassing. And um, mm-hmm. it, it like directly involved her back in when I was in fifth grade. I won't go into the details, but um, she only just re- recently learned the larger context around the story. Like she thought was about something else. And it was really just about me pooping my pants in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, my heart hurt, hurts for you. That's crazy. No, no, no. Because right. that really, the worst part of the day was me also choking on a donut to death, almost. As I take a sip of water and you say <laughs> that, and I like almost choke on that to death. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, uh, so anyway, the uh, Timbers pooped their pants in fifth grade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that was like the first half of that match. I was like, okay, this is the Sounders from the MLS's crap tournament. Like, I'm not that excited about this. Like, there were some moments where I was just like, they missed sitters in front of goal. If they were even making it toward the goal, uh, the the Timbers had some, the Timbers scored a goal in the fifth minute, only to be uh, chalked off for uh, offside during with VAR. Uh, so like I, it just was not looking great for for the Sounders, and then the second half it was just ridiculous. It was all Sounders uh, the second half, and they won three nothing. So um, man, that that like to your point now now there's something to be excited about. Hmm. I forgot that we had to talk about soccer. That sucks. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it was crazy though because I was so—I think you more than me for sure—were uh, so checked out on this soccer season. Like, okay, this is stupid. We keep trying it. It doesn't work. It looks bad. The product's bad. The quality's bad. Like everything is insufficient for you. And then forty-five minutes of play, Brought including one deft touch off of the Raul Ruiz Diaz to the golden clog of Kelvin Leardom, and suddenly I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, if it it, it it took the golden clog to get me stoked for the new tournament. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, how we didn't see that coming? That's like, <laughs> I know, I know. We should have known. That was literally like our antidote. Our uh, like like. Kelvin Leardam himself is the only person willing to and able to uh, bring life back to MLS. Now, I love that Kelvin Leardam is a new player to the broadcasting crew for <laughs> soccer in America. 
Yeah, as soon as as soon as uh, as soon as Leonard Adams scores his goal, uh, John Strong, who every time they cut to him is like the only, he grew a beard, and every time they cut to him, I was like, you like I feel like most people, most men look better with a beard, uh, and or look older or more refined, especially if they keep it up well. Like you know, if you gr- if you can grow a beard, like and you and you take care of it, you look like a great, great, smart manly person john strong looks terrible with a beard (laughs) he looks so bad anyway that's besides the point it apparently made him a worse broadcaster too because as soon as leardem scores the goal he's like (laughs) and kelvin leardem scores his first career goal i'm like you have apparently not been paying attention to the golden clog forums that we follow slash are the only people on uh because this man has scored at least five goals (laughs) Now, that being said, I do feel sort of bad because I went to look up the um I went to look up the Dutch players in the league this year, you know, because the Golden Clog race is back off and running again, and you can search for on transfermarket.com, whatever that means. Uh you could search for all the players in the league that are of Dutch descent, and it turns out Kelvin Leerdam not listed. <laughs> He is evidently (laughs) of split nationalities, and since he doesn't lead with that, so I'm like looking at a field of like about nine players on here, uh, between them who have one goal, (laughs) and so um, and not Leerdam on there. So currently, just to get everyone up to speed in the race for the Golden Clog, here we are entering the end of August, and Kelvin Leerdam is tied for first place with Jurgen Locadia from FCC. That's FC Cincinnati. Uh, crazy. It's crazy that only two Dutch goals. Danny Hewson still with uh, no goals in regular in regular in regulation play. So um, Kelvin Leerdam uh, is, I think, technically Suriname uh, is his nationality, which I believe at one point was a Dutch colony. So, um, mm. but he speaks Dutch and uh, is like considers himself Dutch. I think, although he plays for the Suriname national team, which is mostly Dutch people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's. I mean, there's a whole dark history that goes along with that. Yeah. Anyway, congratulations. Uh, I love the t- the take from Stephen R. Griff on Twitter here. <laughs> My little brother. Uh, it's funny because like, I tweeted from Full 90 Podcast about how uh, John Strong obviously isn't following these Golden Clog uh, news as closely as we are. And my brother, Stephen, says his first career goal since play resumed after the MLS's back tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I guess you could say. Raul for- Rui Diaz's first two career goals. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, they passed the ball to Rui Diaz. He was a handful for Fartland over over the weekend. Uh, One time on his own accord, he just made play happen. But you get the ball to Rui Diaz, and suddenly they got some problems. That squad that the Sounders put out there, that's a tough-looking unit, man. Yeah, it's it was so first one thing is the first time we got to see uh uh Gio Paulo play alongside uh Nico Ladero. Uh Whew. he looked fine. I would say that he didn't look all that impressive to me, but But he did a great job of uh directing traffic out there. He was vocal and yelling at guys and he was he was conducting from that central uh, that like defensive midfield there. It was cool to watch that happen. I I don't know if he's doing it right or if he's just yelling for his own sake or whatever, but like having a strong vocal presence planted in the middle of the field like that, just even guys that are like face the wrong way and he's trying to get them to know yeah. where the channel is open for a pass or whatever. He just was directing traffic sure. and it felt like 
once everyone settled into play, especially in that second half, that it was like the presence that they've kind of been missing. Because I don't see, and and I don't know, I'm not out on the pitch, obviously, but I don't see Goose out there yelling at people. You see Roldan a little bit, but to have mm-hmm. two of those guys, so Roldan can go forward a little bit and have different people communicating on the field, both speaking Spanish in this case, I'm sure. It's like a really positive takeaway from that. I think I think what realistically where he's going to show up is he's going to allow Nico Ladero to roam a lot more because you're going to end up with mm-hmm. another ball playing midfielder who uh, is going to look at a lot of those channels and be able to play a little bit of defense. So Nico Ladero isn't always tracking back behind the the midfield line uh, just so he can collect the ball and then turn it around and, and transition play. Jao Paulo gives another outlet uh, that can that can kind of play that role. We've talked for a long time about how there is no real backup to Nico Ladero, who I thought had a decent game as well. Um, but really, this game was all about Raul Ruiz Diaz. Uh, and and in, in a way, Jordan Morris as well. Like uh, two of those, uh, um, so many chances set up for Raul were set up because of of. Of uh, Jordan, I mean, he, he had some crazy like one-two play on the left side with Jones. Um, led to that one that uh, what that crazy chance for Raul that went off the bar. Uh, that I think that was in like early in the second half. Um, crazy. I mean, just like that that front three was looking scary, real scary. For the I like. I like Jovan Jones out there. He opens up a lot of passing. It felt real good when he has. A, he's just so hit or miss. But when he has a good, a decent game like that, a decent match, it's great. And then it helps that the Fartland Timbers played like a big old bag of farts. So that's uh that was useful as well. Coming off their their million dollar bonus that they got to split a, split around the twenty five man squad upwards of one million dollars. We don't know how many upwards of that they of- actually got. <laughs> so two cents is higher than the one, and thus upwards right. of one million dollars. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I actually, speaking of Jovan Jones, I was a little bit disappointed about, uh, uh, about seeing him out there because I thought for the first time knew who we talked about this knew who played like a normal person during the MLS's back tournament. He played, uh, not crazy. Like he, he seemed, he played defense really well. He had some pretty good crosses. Like I thought he looked good going forward and, and not to the point where I was terrified that he was going to do something rash or, or, or not be able to be in, be back in position. Um, so I was surprised actually to see Joven start over, uh, uh, who at left back, because if you see Joe, if you see Joven start, he's usually starting a little bit further up in the midfield on the wing, especially, uh, because he does have a little bit mm-hmm. more of that for, Forward skill. So for me, I was disappointed about uh, about not seeing Nuhu out there. He did get subbed on in the second half later on, and, and I thought he played really well once he was there. Um, Same, but but I would love to see Nuhu really make that. I don't think Joven. Um, I I'd be curious to see at the end of the season see what happens. We're far from that, um, but I would be curious to see if if we don't offload Joven again uh, and make Nuhu a young guy uh, who's really coming into that role, the the full time starter there. You mean we're gonna nagel Joven Jones? Yeah, we're gonna yeah. So so now we so new verbs in this in this in this game we have nageling, finagling. Oh, hey! that's it. That's it. Actually, that's funny because I'm pretty right. sure that uh, uh, Lamar Nagel qualifies to play for the um, Irish national team. I'm pretty sure that that's like his um, his uh, FIFA. Uh, stand, standing and so now I feel like calling it a finagle sounds like you make his nagel even more Irish. <laughs> Come on down to finagles and Connolly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I thought it was interesting how the and this is going to play out into a lot of sports and a lot of situations that are team sports in home stadium. Uh, the 
Timbers, whatever the name of their stupid baseball stadium, soccer field is, didn't look, Providence Park, didn't have that same power. You miss the Timbers army there. They don't have their chainsaws scaring them into playing better. There's not some crazy bearded white guy like with a murder weapon like it's a lake house movie where teenagers are going to get died having sex. Going to get died having sex? Are going to get murdered while having yeah, sex. You know, gonna like it dead. doesn't... They're going to get died, Brandon. Watch out. Everyone's going to get died at some point. It might as well be at the lake house while having sex. With everything... Um, but with- yeah, the... With everything going on in Portland right now, like outside of the stadium, literally, I think it's happening right around in that area. I feel like Timber Joey or whatever they call him is the lead. He's like the most white supremacist looking guy to not actually be a white supremacist Uh, that like if they put him out in the like in the uh in the streets where like the police are clashing with protesters every night it seems like uh like i feel like the protesters and the police would both be like wait is this guy cool <laughs> then he gets out he trades in his chainsaw for a leaf blower <laughs> and he's on the side of the antifas <laughs> no if it's a leaf blower it's the antifas anti antifas <laughs> and Antilifas? Yeah, I'm there. I'm there with you. <laughs> the Queen Latifas? What? <laughs> now, I heard a quip during the broadcast, and it sounded like they said that the managers had asked for crowd noise to be pumped into the stadium. Is that a real thing that happened? Were they playing that in the stadium like it's some sort of FC Dallas match? <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I think they were, and um, and what's funny is I think that they're going to do the same at CenturyLink when it, when it comes back. Uh, because I well, I mean that's nothing new according to everyone that's ever played here. <laughs> that it's obviously we're cheating. Well, so, how do okay. you think the Seahawks were able to set the the noise record for a stadium in the U.S. or whatever it was? Cause an earthquake. They just had a jet engine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they. It, I don't. I don't know, man. I I get having it on the um on the broadcasts like for some people who really like that, like having the in in stadium. Uh, but apparently, like the players like having it too, which I. I don't know, man. It it seems uh, like there's certain things that I feel like they could do. Like you saw in Inter Miami, um, this was awesome. I love this from from Inter Miami. Like they scored a goal. They have cardboard cutouts of a bunch of their season ticket holders in the in the fa- in the state in the um, stadium, it. and one of their players like scored a goal, jumped into the crowd, put his arm around one of the cardboard cutouts, and like that's that's fun. That's a fun way to engage. If you can't have people in the stadium, uh, yeah. unless you're in Texas and you don't give a shit. Um, like that's something that that can be fun, but if you are uh, <laughs> if if you are Portland or Seattle and you're used to having these huge crowds, like obviously I think a lot of fans are actually really disappointed that they're going to try to imitate the atmosphere that they can create with their flags and with their chants and and songs uh, with just like piped in crowd noise. Okay, let me speak about this in a different capacity because I have an experiential anecdote that helped that was like that left me that it gives me feelings about this uh when i went to the 2013 rubik's cubes world championships okay <laughs> i uh you see a lot of people wearing headphones on the stage while they're solving you're not allowed to have any kind of connection to the headphones you're not allowed to use anything that has that can potentially play audio into your ears while you're solving for me putting on headphones and just putting on 
background noise helps take away the pressure of the moment and so i can focus that white noise makes it easier to like when you hear it at first it's like annoying and it gets in the way but then you it helps you block out any of the other distractions that are outside and so when they made me take off my headphones because it had a cable on it i was like really i'm like what's the what's the advantage that i'm gaining other than being able to better focus by having music and they're like well you could have someone speaking coaching you a remote system to be like yeah, right, up, down, down prime, <laughs> left, no, that was left, wrong, no. Like, there's no way that there would be any kind of actual advantage to it when people are solving a Rubik's Cube in five to six seconds. Like, there's no way that you could even see it, communicate it, and get it back. But anyway, the idea that I wasn't allowed to use that distraction was frustrating. And so I can understand, as somebody who's been to the world championships and finished 480th out of 580 people, you know, that's bottom 20%, everybody that's playing at home. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, but as I can understand how just having something there gives it a little bit of atmosphere yeah. so you can play. And you're a professional athlete. You're at that level where you've become accustomed to at least 500 fans if you play in any of the Texas yeah. teams. Or up to 40,000 if you play here in Seattle well, or Portland even gets a great- I wonder if, like, the lack of noise becomes a distraction, you know, like, to, to, what your po- to your point is, like, almost like having anything other than uh, what you're accustomed to in a, in a match day experience. Like, maybe it just starts to feel like a training match. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you start to, yeah. like, uh, I, I wonder, I, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't feel like I recognized any uh, grit to that Sounders Timbers match in in the same way that you are kind of accustomed to being um, a little bit more tough, a little like a little bit more crunching tackles and like just harder played. It didn't really seem kind of as feisty, and I'm wondering if that's just because when you've got the fans in there and, and somebody does something and everybody reacts, oh come on ref, like blah blah blah, and then the fan like the players feed off of that, they get into that too, and so without that, it just starts to feel like a little bit more friendly you know god imagine imagine how you just have to listen to steve clark's voice the whole Ugh. time being like <laughs> the whole yeah. time and you're like ah, i just want to kill that guy yeah. what if what Ugh. if uh instant i wonder card. if if they are if the if they are allowed to choose in the stadiums like what sound they pipe in because what if they just piped in uh the sound of just like uh fans going steve clark sucks steve clark sucks <laughs> steve clark sucks and like, or just like, like some sort of like psychological warfare. Like they just like play in a, uh, like pipe in a, a frequency that only like people under eighteen can hear. So Jeremy Abobasi can't play very well. <laughs> I would just like Steve Clark. You're still not living up to your mother's expectations. You're a disappointment to your grandmother. <laughs> I'm just projecting. Just so yeah, you know. obviously. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like. The idea that there could be extra sound there, I'm not opposed to. I'm one of these people who, when, I, when there's a match that is otherwise kind of flat and boring, just having some sort of crowd reaction helps keep me engaged, especially in a two-screen world where I can be like making fun of people on Twitter. If there's something happening on the screen and, and something like the, you get a rise out of a group, it'd be cool. We talked about this previously, but there's a group in Japan, I believe. It might have been South Korea. I can't remember. It's one of the um, Asian nations where they got back to having some sports where they were working on, oh, it was Japan because it was the Toyota group they were working on having fans submitted like if you you know like the tweet enough times or if you push the button on the app that you download then it helps change right, what the crowd right. noise would sound like it would almost be rad to just like pick 10 season ticket members and have them 
either from home or from the stadium where they can, you know, get a COVID test and come in and be able to social distance and everything, be able to actually actively press a button for cheering or booing or whatever. And then like proportionately get a few fans from the other squad when they're upset. So you get just a little bit of that back and forth and you can have some realistic banter happening, even though it's still fake. Also to everyone pointing out that there's fake noise in the tweet. I get it. It's fake. I understand. You don't have to keep telling me that the fake noise is fake. It's um, it's something that is a it's this is entertainment yeah. also, yeah. and so you want to pres- like MLS doesn't because just look at MLS's back tournament. Um, they, but it's something that you want to present to get as many people as possible to watch and engage with, and so I get as a broadcaster where they're coming from to offer that. But I also appreciate when they say hop onto fs1.com and you can watch it without the crowd noise if you do want to hear Schmetz yelling about how big his guns are. Yeah. <laughs> they're huge, said that guy on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like if we did that thing where um, uh, where fans were able to control like what was happening in the stadium, uh, I feel like it would end up like those, uh, like what happens on the internet. Anytime you have like a large group of people, like Twitch plays Pokemon. Or, I don't know if you ever watched those, where it's like basically no, you, no, but I you have a chat where everybody enters like what what button or what uh, uh, action should be entered into the Game Boy uh, simulator that's happening. It will all you have thousands of people just entering up, left, a, a, like start, hit, start, hit, select, like and what, what they're trying to do yeah. is like catch a Pokemon or like just play the game as a crowd and uh essentially what i feel yeah. like you're gonna end up with is like half the stadium booing and half the other state half the stadium going like f-v-a-r F- you know what i mean like just like you're gonna have like this very disparate uh stadium all reacting to different things happening on the field and, and then like one guy is just gonna continue uh, continually be yelling schmetz has big guns schmetz has big guns <laughs> So yeah, but that's why you pick some people that are either on the the council yeah, yeah. or you know you find people. So in the comedy world, for they're having comedy shows that are awkward, but also I get it where they're picking people that they know are regular customers that come to comedy shows and they're letting them be on Zoom as the audience and they're unmuting them because they know these people will be cool participate yeah. in a respectful way. And so you have to find someone that like has a little bit of in- integrity and isn't going to be hammered. I mean, I'm not saying you can't have a couple beers, yeah. but I'm just saying like the idea that you'd have to have real small control on it. Cause right now I'm guessing it's one person like you or I with like an Xbox controller, just hitting the button that kind of like matches up with what the sound should be. And if you had five people doing it, then you might get a little variety and you might not get the same thing sure. every time. Like when the crowd goes wild, cause everyone takes a knee that was a that was a funny moment yeah. and like yeah good I, I i support that personally but also it just seemed like it didn't quite match sure. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the tone wasn't yeah, quite yeah, right yeah. uh final question this is a big one too for you if you were to move forward with seattle sounders fc in the central center back position what two of the current three active backs do you choose and i'm saying yamar Ariaga and O'Neal. You have to you have to field two guys for a matchup against either LA team. Who do you pick? I don't I don't know if this is recency bias or something, uh, but I honestly pick Shane O'Neal and which I don't think I would have ever thought at the end of the season or at the beginning of this season. I would pick Shane O'Neal and uh Yamar. They the the way that they both played uh, against Portland the other night, um Shane O'Neill, I mean, and the way that Shane O'Neill, I mean, he had one unfortunate own goal during the MLS's back tournament, but uh, that happens to 
that can happen to anybody. It happens all the time. It happens in, in champions league. Um, uh, like she, that it's going to happen a couple times in your career. Shane O'Neill though, other than that played in an excellent tournament and he actually had a great game on Sunday night. Um, and Yamar as well. Like he had a couple shaky moments, but it was, he's, he's well above Roman Torres level, uh, and, and has some speed for, for as big of a guy as he is, our new big boy, as big as a guy as he is, he had, he was able to get back. He, he seemed smart. He never seemed out of position. Um, I saw him, I think maybe he was from the MLS's back tournament. There were a couple times where he ran the ball all the way up forward and then looked to play like the through ball. There was a time during the game on Sunday where he put, he intercepted the ball, ran it up to just past midfield passed it instantly turned around and sprinted back as if like he knew somebody was going to yell at him if he didn't do something right well it like shows that there's like an active you know i was always taught when i played as a kid that once you when you make a run and you dump the ball off you got to keep running so it looked really weird that he hit the brakes and ran back but yeah you don't need roman torres up front trying to place uh, you know, striker or whatever. He has to make that run to make it happen, but then he got back because you got Shao Paulo in the middle there. Yeah. Like it's like it's gonna work yeah. out or whatever. So it was nice to see that awareness, but it did look super duper yeah. weird. In case you just reappeared from invisible ad board land, it's TLDL. <laughs> Too long. Didn't the, the, in case the wizard bird has just returned you from the ad board alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> Too long. Didn't listen. Nobody called Bobby Wagner. The golden clog is back. <laughs> stop. Stop. Freak, Never mind. I was going to stop. Make- freaking call Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> Call Leardom. No, we'll, we'll yeah. work on that. Too long, didn't listen. Hey, congrats on your spank plank, bro. <laughs> Sorry about your spicy wiener. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of, uh, Chad Marshall, I love this <laughs> I love this tweet from Chad Marshall. Uh, perfect end to the birthday weekend, 3-0. Dig them out, Sounders. Hashtag Fry Rui Diaz 2020. <laughs> but no, Chad, it was not 3-0. Instead, it was 0-3 because that was a proper teabagging. Somebody get a bowl of milk. <laughs>